Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of my podcast, We Are Not MS. As always, the conversations and the chats that you're going to hear are going to be real, raw and honest. And the purpose and intention behind every episode that that I do is to let you see that while having MS is life-changing, it does not have to be life-ending. So this podcast is always about hope. It is always about the belief that you can still create the life that you want and the life that you deserve. So listen along, let me know what you think and I'm delighted to have you here. Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of my podcast We Are Not MS and I am so thrilled to get going, I really am. I've been talking about doing this for so long and as usual I'm sure you can all relate, we put things off, we procrastinate, we talk ourselves out of it and you know but it's been on my mind and I think when something continually stays on your mind you should just take that as a nudge and go for it so that's what I'm doing and so this is episode one and basically this episode is going to be all about me all about me and I just thought it was important that you knew who I was what I was about my reasons for doing the podcast and my story with MS um and then following on from this other episodes are going to have guests on other MSers like ourselves who are hopefully going to inspire you uh to let you see that you know just because you have this you don't have to become it and that is really the premise of the whole of the podcast um but my name is Alison Alison Kerr and I am from Northern Ireland um, a little seaside town called Bangor. It's actually not a town anymore. It's been turned into a city. But really, if you live here, you're not quite sure where it's become the city. But anyway, I live beside the sea, so I feel very grateful and blessed to be here. Um, I've lived here for most of my life. Uh, well, I've lived here for all of my life. I had a wee year out in Australia whenever I was 21, which was fabulous. Um, I am 53 years old. I have, I've been married for 26 years and I have two children who are 23 and 21. And a fun fact about them is that they were both born on the same day, 13th of December, not even planned. Uh, one was a month early and one was two, two weeks early. So they are both away. They are, um, both of them live in England. One is in, my daughter is in her final year at university and my son has just completed his degree and he is now a rugby player so they are living their best lives and it's just me and Chris my husband's called Chris and we and our dog we have a dog called Rosie who is just as I'm sure most of you with dogs are exactly the same the greatest diva that has ever been put on the earth and she is treated like a queen so anyway my reason for starting this podcast um was first of all my desire to help encourage and inspire you to believe that you can still have and create the life that you want. I firmly believe and the ethos behind everything I stand for is that while being told that you have MS is life changing. It is. There's no denying that, but it does not have to be life ending. And once you can come to that place of acceptance, then that is when you can really start to motor on. That is when you can really start to do the things that you want to do without feeling that you have to be held back. Um, I love talking. Um, 
and which I suppose is a good thing if I'm going to do a podcast. Um, and I do find it hard on Facebook, Instagram or whatever to actually get across exactly what it is that you want to say. You know, it's hard because obviously, obviously everything is condensed. And, you know, I love the format of a podcast. I listen to podcasts all the time. I've learned so much from them. Um, and I just really feel it's a good platform for people to get engaged, people to learn more, to get to uh to get to to know more and really the purpose of me doing this is to connect with other people who have um, MS to hear their stories to learn from them as well you know I always want to learn I always want to grow I always want to evolve Um, and I believe we all have it in us to still have the life that we truly want I really really do um so my story, well, I was diagnosed with MS in 2006. And a wee bit of a backstory here about myself is that my mum had MS as well. She was diagnosed whenever I was 12. Now, as it turns out, she actually was told that she probably had it whenever she was pregnant with me, but then had obviously gone into remission for those 12 years. And so really from the age of 12, I became very aware of what MS was. Um, now, she was pretty good for quite a long time. And back in the, those days, there was obviously no treatment, no medication, no real advice on anything. There was none of the lifestyle advice that we have now, changes that you can make to be able to help to manage the condition. But anyway, she um, probably began to go downhill whenever I was probably around 20, you know, she began to really drag her leg a lot more, which was her thing. You know, she had a real trouble with her left leg. And then she began to use a rollator, a walkie, you know, the type of thing I'm talking about. Now, let me just say that she was the, the she is my hero. I put up a post on Instagram about that because you she didn't let this hold her back. She lived her life and she was the easiest person to care for, especially towards the end, whenever things for her got quite bad um never a bother at all so i i do try to be like her as much as i can because she was a pleasure to visit her friends were around all the time so anyway i was very very aware of um, ms now i would also like to say that i never for a minute thought that i would get ms as well because Back then as well, it was very much, it's not hereditary. And I still think that it's not, I mean, the, the statistic that I was told whenever I found out that I had it was that if you're a female and you have a member of your immediate family that has it, you're 50% more likely to, 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 to get it as well. Now, I wasn't aware of that. But anyway, 2006, I was on holiday um, with my family and I was training for a marathon. And... We were in Florida, so it was very hot. And I was out doing one of the training runs that I had to do. And this morning I got up and I had such a tingling in my feet. It was, you know, it was really, really unusual, actually. Um, you know, it wasn't like pins and the needles. It wasn't like that. It was stronger than that. I literally could not put my foot on the ground. And this continued. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, what is this? And Chris, my husband said, do you think this is anything to do with MS? And I said, no, don't be daft. It's probably the heat or 
whatever. And then I began to get these electric shocks down my spine. And this was all going on. I think we had a, probably about a week left of our holiday and uh, I wasn't able to run. I literally could not run. And my feet went between being very tingly to being numb, which I'm sure a lot of you can identify with. And so anyway, in the back of my head, I just sort of carried on and was thinking, well, I'll see what it's like whenever I go home, whenever we're out of the heat back in cold Ireland. And anyway, came home, didn't really improve. So I made uh, an appointment with a private um, consultant because it was going to take months to get to see anyone on the NHS, which is the um, medical system that we have over here. So anyway, I went to my appointment and he told me, once I described the symptoms, he told me that I had myelitis, which is a precursor to MS. He said, because I'd only had one, um, one incident that you know, he wasn't going to do anything more at this stage and we would just keep an eye, eye on it. So that was fine. So anyway, it kind of all eased off. I was obviously very floored by that news, but kept a very positive outlook that maybe this was just a one-off thing. It had been triggered by being on holiday and I continued to train for the marathon that I was doing actually in New York in the November of that year in 2006. So the training was hard and as it always is for a, um, a marathon and I went off, did did the marathon, did a really good time. Well, a good time for me that I was pleased with. But immediately that I came home, immediately that I came home, it all came back and it came back with a vengeance. It came back with, um, what do you call that? Uh, the vertigo. So I was thinking, oh, my goodness. And at the time, actually, just as a way aside, I was training. I'd gone back to university to train to be a midwife and I was on placement. And I was really only about three months in. So now in hindsight, I wonder, was training for the marathon, going back to college to do this when my children were at that stage, only four and six. It was probably all a bit too much and perhaps triggered. You know, the way they say stress is such a huge, a huge part of MS, you know, can uh, trigger episodes. So I went back to my consultant. He said, look, it looks like this is what it's going to be, but we'll send you for an MRI scan, which is what happened. And my MRI scan showed that I had lesions on my spine. So there it was. The diagnosis was in. I had MS and yeah, floored, absolutely floored. And as I said, my children were only four and six and now, I have to say that the care I received over here in Ireland was really very good. And they started talking about treatments very, very quickly. And of course, I did no research. I did nothing. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't look into what they were offering me. I was just going, yes, I want to have the injections. I want to do it because I want to feel as good as I possibly can. My children are far too young. I'm far too young. I think at that stage, what age was I? 30, 36? I'm far too young. I have things that I need to do, children that need me to be strong. So, you know, let me just take whatever they are offering. Um, in hindsight, that was obviously very stupid. But I think whenever you're faced with this news, you want to do whatever you can do immediately. Um, and I was lucky I got uh, treatment. I was diagnosed in the November of 2006 and started my treatment in the January of 2007. Now, uh, they put me on steroids as well, which seemed to have such a, a weird 
I mean, I was told I would probably put on weight, feel very tired, all of those things. It was the opposite. I dropped weight. I couldn't sleep. I was up. The energy I had was wild. I was cleaning cupboards, cleaning the house, never been so clean. Um, so started my injections. They messed about with that for a while just to try and get the dosage right. And I, I mean, the fatigue that I began to feel then was unbelievable. And I'm sure many of you, can relate to this I mean I'm a very sort of active person always on the go and you know what it's like whenever your children are small um and I just could not get my head around the fact that this fatigue was such a big thing and but let me also say that at this stage um my mom was in a wheelchair because in 2002 my dad had died um, he was very young and it was a it wasn't you know we weren't expecting it and from the minute that that happened my mom went into a wheelchair so I basically became her carer as well so I had my two small children I was going around to my mum's house three times a day thankfully she lived very close to me um you know but that takes its toll so I think I started the treatment they messed about with um with the with the dosage I went from you know, quite a low dose to quite a high dose because this fatigue that I was having was so huge. And um, I think I buried my head in the sand. I hardly told anyone that I had it. Obviously, my family knew, my brothers knew, some very close friends knew. But I was thinking, no, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just going to get on with it. I feel, you know, I'm tired, but I feel okay. So I kind of buried my head in the sand because to me, looking after my children, looking after my mum, that was much more important than looking after my own health, which is so stupid because obviously you can't pour from an empty cup. And when you feel like crap, everybody else does not get the best of you. So this went on. And so that was 2007. And I had been at this stage training for another marathon in 2007 and I continued to do these up until 2009 and to be fair I was doing them with a group of girls and it was good fun well the marathons weren't actually that good fun but we were going away to New York we were going to Stockholm we were doing this stuff and it was you know it was good and I think in a way that probably kept me quite healthy even though it probably didn't do me that much good but anyway and you know I I enjoyed it and so for, for that period of time, I would say for the next five, six years, I just got on with life. And when I look back now and I reflect, I struggled. I was just moving all the time, trying to keep my head above water, you know, and I was a very type A person, which I have improved now, but I was very type A. I was, you know, I wanted to be in control of everything. I wanted the house to be tidy. I wanted the kids to be doing all the stuff that they were doing. I wanted to be in control. I would say I was a bit of a control freak. And that meant that I was controlling everybody else, but I wasn't controlling my own health. And I must admit now, whenever I look back, I think, how on earth did I continue to do the marathons, put the time into the train and look after my mum, do all those things. But isn't it bloody amazing what we can do whenever we feel we have to? And I did not read any books in those days about mindset or any of that stuff. I wasn't listening to podcasts. Don't even know if podcasts were a thing then. Um, but what happened then was that my mum passed away in 2012 God love her. The last probably two years of her life were really hard for her. They really were. She was she had pneumonia a few times. 
you know, she had real trouble with catheters and things like that. But she was just such a gem to look after. She never complained. Her motto was always, there's somebody worse off than me, Alison. Um, and so we lost her in 2012. And that was really very hard. But I think at that point, my eyes began to open a bit to the fact that I had neglected myself. And I was continuing to take these injections three times a week. Um, and I was going for my appointments with my neurologist every six months. And he was just happy enough that I was taking over. Had a couple of MRI scans done. Another new lesion had appeared, but uh, no real growth had happened. So, you know, again, when I look back, I think he should probably have been more proactive in my care. and talking more to me about what I was doing in my everyday life, which I think people are more on top of n- now. So... Uh, after my mum passed away, I I just continued just to live my life. I was working for a mental health charity and thoroughly enjoyed that. And I was just a doer. I was just, you know, I was always on the go. Um, I was probably abusing my body quite a bit, I would say. Um, I was probably not eating particularly well. I like to think I was healthy, but when I reflect on that as well, I think, no, Alison, you really weren't. Um, I used to enjoy alcohol, which I would have had maybe w- once a week, but would have had, you know, four or five drinks. Um, and again, always felt rotten after that, which I think we all do anyway. But I think when you have MS and fatigue is a thing and inflammation is a thing, then it affects you more. Um. So I began to realize that I wasn't looking after myself particularly well. And I started to get slightly more interested in my own health, my own mind, what I was putting into my body and how I could begin to help myself more. Um, So I made the decision and I mean, in the period between 2012 and 2018, I had begun to make some improvements. I was going to the gym more. I actually began to do CrossFit um, and I felt I was making some quite healthy choices. Um, I had no real major relapses. I would say the last one was probably about 2016. And um, it just, you all know, it just... When it happens, it just takes the wind out of your sails. You just feel like, is this it? Is this what my life is going to be? Time after time after time, we're going to be hit with all this. And it was then I began to think about the way I was thinking, the beliefs that I held around this condition. And I made the decision in 2018 to come off my medication and To be fair, I did this without telling my consultant. I had read up on it. It wasn't just a really rash decision. I had read up on it. I had read a few books about people who had done the same. And the biggest thing I hated most about having MS was taking those injections because they, I took them on a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday. And for all of those days, I felt rotten. I was having to take tablets to control the flu-like symptoms that they brought. And when I think about that, so basically half of my week was felt, was, 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 was me feeling like crap. 
I, that is no way to live. It is really no way to live. And I think my mind began to get to the place where I realized that I actually had a choice here. So I made the choice to stop my medication. I made the choice to become plant-based. I made the choice to really um, put myself first to start to examine what I was doing every day that was helping me to fight MS, that was helping me to beat MS on my own terms. I had had enough. I did not want this to be the life that I was going to have. I wanted to live long and I wanted to live strong. I wanted the second half of my life to be amazing. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to um go and do all the things that Chris and I had always dreamt of doing once the children had gone and you know looking to the future as well I knew well I hope and I pray that I will um, have grandchildren and I want to be there for them I want to be um, I want to be a, a, a grandma that can do things that can play with them because my mom was not able to do that and uh, I felt strongly about that slowly but surely over time my mind began to change I began to think I am spending too much time thinking about what I cannot do I need to start thinking about what I can do and the only way I can do that is to change the way I think is to change the beliefs that I have that are currently holding me back from being the best that I can be and once I stopped taking the medication, once I changed up my diet, and once I began to read books, listen to podcasts, and to grow as a person, the penny began to drop. The penny began to drop that, you know, yes, MS is a medical um, condition, and I know I know very well from my mum that sometimes... Um, Sometimes things are pretty bad. And I also know that no one person um, is affected the same way by having MS. And I also know that there's people out there that are that are in wheelchairs, that have problems with mobility, that have problems with cognition, all of those things. But I do believe that we can help ourselves on our own terms. And so my life really did begin to change the energy that I was beginning to feel was huge um now it took time of course it did and then I got called back to see my consultant and this was just before COVID hit so I think it was the start of 2020 over here in the UK we were put into lockdown in March so it was in the January I got called to see my consultant I came clean told him that I'd come off um the uh the injections which of course he was horrified about but when he saw that I was thriving he began to ask me questions what was I doing what was I eating how was I moving all of those things and he was actually quite interested in it all and um he sent me to have another MRI scan done to see how anything had been affected and it all came back exactly the same. No new lesions at all and no growth or anything. So he was happy for me to continue with, you know, with the system that I was on and to follow the protocols that I was doing. So that period from, to, from 2020 until now has been massive period of growth for me personally. Um, I began to take a load of qualifications. I have done, a, you know, a quite in-depth, heavy nutrition course. I did a life coaching accreditation. 
I have done quite a few holistic courses because I'm very interested in the energy and how that works because I do believe where focus goes, energy flows. And I mean, I think when you think about that and you and you um, think about how you feel or we all know those people who are quite negative, that they're always complaining about things and they get more of what they feel focus on you know I have this conversation with my daughter a lot she's 21 and it's a very hard age I think you know I've gosh I would hate to be that young now there's just so much pressure on them there's so much comparison there's so much stress and I try to encourage her to really focus on everything good that she has in her in in her existence because she I means she does um and to try not to let her mind go to the negative because I do believe as I said that where our focus goes the energy will flow and that is what I that is the way I live now I you know yes of course there's times when I don't feel 100% when things get on top of me when I am stressed these I mean that is that is life but it is how we react it is how we respond to these things that is going to help us to not flounder. So now um, I have grown so much in these past three years. Um, I spent COVID doing a lot of work on myself. Um, and I have since then also made some more changes. Actually, just this past three months, I have reintroduced eggs and fish into my diet. I realized that a lot of the plant-based food I was eating um was not particularly good of course all the veg and all that was good but I was eating a lot of sort of the fake meats and when I looked into what they contained horrifying basically just like the processed crap that the rest of the world was eating but because it has a green badge on it saying that it's that it's um that it is vegan you think it's healthy it's not so anyway I've changed up my diet a wee bit more now I am experimenting with fasting, um, not for that long, but I have found that the kick and energy that I have got from that has been huge. So I will continue to monitor that. Um, and I'm just so interested in how the body works, how the mind works. Um, so I'm sorry, I realize I'm saying I am a lot, but this is all new to me. So please bear with hopefully it's going to improve so what happened uh where I am at now so I am now 53 years old in April of this year I ran the marathon in London with my daughter and I decided last October that I needed a challenge I'm the type of person that thrives whenever they have a goal and I think I just wanted to prove to myself that after my last one being in 2000 and nine that I would still be able to do it and so my daughter and I Zoe and I decided to do it for the MS Society and I think we raised just over four grand um and honestly the training was so hard but so empowering um and we were having to train in the winter here so it was freezing um, I used to get up at six o'clock in the morning to do my long runs. And I think even pushing myself to do that, pushing myself to go and do these three hour runs on my own, because my daughter was in England, so she was doing hers there. Um, God, it, it just makes you think that you are capable of anything. So we ran the marathon 
Um, I was delighted with my time. I did it in four and a half hours, which for me at 53, um, I was just over the, you know, over, over the, the moon about. And then honestly, on the, the few days after were really quite, quite a thing. And to be honest, it probably took me about a month to feel right after it. But I am so glad that I pushed myself to do it. I am so glad that I proved to myself that whatever we put our minds to, if the why that you have is large enough, if you're emotionally attached to the reason that you want to do anything, you can achieve it. And I feel that to the very core of my being. I really do. And I can't imagine that there's anybody that has MS that does not want to feel good, that does not want to feel energized, that does not want to feel that their life is productive, that the, that their life is worth more than people just thinking that this is all that they are about. I really, I can't believe that there isn't anyone that wouldn't want to feel good, to feel better, to continue to feel strong and my thoughts on that is that it all starts with the beliefs that you hold. It all starts with that. And once you come to a place where you are accepting of the fact that this condition is not going to go away, because it's not, um, at this stage, it's not. But what can you do to fight it? What can you do to to to, to win on your terms? And the reasons that you have and the story that you have it's not going to be the same as mine. It's not going to be the same as as any anyone else. Your reason for wanting to be as healthy as you can in 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 side and out is yours to tell. It's yours to work out. And once you do that, you can win. You can thrive. I mean, this is all about. This is all about living the life that you want to have. This is all about still believing that you can create the life that you desire. You know, this is about believing that you're a badass. You are a badass. To me, anybody with MS or any other chronic, a chronic, I was going to call it a condition, but, you know, any disease, any illness, any anything that stops you in your tracks you know, we are bad asses. We are. And once you start to believe that and feel that in your heart and in your core, you're going to win. You're going to win and you're going to be able to live the life that you want. If I can run a marathon at 53, 17 years into having MS, trust me, you can do anything. So listen, I think that that is probably the end of this episode. I have brought you up to date and I really wanted to start doing more um, about MS on Instagram. And again, I put that off for a while. I think I started my page. Um, well, I don't know when this is coming out. So I started my page maybe a month ago. And I'm just so inspired by the people that I've come across on there. Who knew the community was out there? Who knew that these people were out there kicking ass day in, day out? And I am over the moon that I decided to go down this road. Um, there's so much that I want to share. I, you know, I believe so much in the lifestyle changes that you can make that is going to enhance your life, that is going to enhance your health. I believe in it to my core. Um, I also believe that there is a place for medication. Don't get me wrong. I am not telling you that that, that, that that is wrong. I can only tell you 
my story. Um, but I do believe that there's so much we can do for ourselves. And I want to share all that with you. And I'm also going to share the stories of others. All uh, A lot of people have agreed to come on my podcast and to talk about where they are in their journey, what they are doing to beat MS their own way, what they're doing to prove that they are more than just this condition. So hopefully you will listen in again next week. And I can't wait to just continue to chat to you. And thank you so much for everyone that has tuned in. And if you could like and uh, not subscribe, that's YouTube. If you can like and review the podcast, I would be over the moon because that really does help to get it up the rankings. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful day, whatever you are doing.